All right, welcome back to our study in systematic theology. Uh, we are on number 36, the fruit of the Spirit. We looked at gifts of the Spirit last time, and uh, that will be relevant again tonight a little bit. We'll talk about that some. Uh, next time we'll move into a whole different section. Uh, we've been in the sections on the Holy Spirit for a while now. Uh, but yeah, tonight we're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to follow a pretty similar format here. I'm going to read a... Actually, this is from a podcast, um, but you guys might be familiar with Sinclair Ferguson. This is his. Uh, I'm going to read that. That will introduce kind of our topic. And then we're going to read um, the second half of Galatians 5, because we'll be looking at that quite a bit tonight. Uh, and then we'll move on to our video. And then when we come back to our overview discussions, and we'll also look a little bit at our confession uh, before we close. All right, so let's start by looking at um, our article or podcast, if you will. <clears throat> I want to think with you this week on the podcast about what Paul calls the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22-23. through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I think we'd agree that these words are worth memorizing, and I'm going to repeat them every day this week. But I think it's also interesting that for some people, these are favorite verses. I'm not sure that's always been true of me, and so it's, good, it's a good thing for me, and I hope it's an encouragement to you that we spend some time thinking about them. It's interesting, isn't it, that Paul calls these different qualities, there are nine of them, he calls them fruit. Fruit in the singular, not fruits in the plural. Although earlier on in this chapter, he'd spoken about the works, plural, of the flesh, not just the work of the flesh. And I'd rather think that he's suggesting that all of these qualities belong together. They're meant to grow on the same tree, as it were. You can't really develop one of them fully without having all of them. At the same time, I wonder if the reason he calls them fruit is because they take time to grow and they need to be nourished. It's interesting, I think, isn't it, that he uses a horticultural metaphor here, not a mechanical one. These qualities can't be artificially produced. They need to be developed in us by God's grace. When I think of these words in Galatians 5, I often am reminded of two comments made by two rather remarkable Christian ministers. The first is a comment made by the great 18th century Anglican minister, Charles Simeon of Cambridge. <clears throat> and he made it about a young man whose name was Henry Martin, who became a very great missionary and translator of the scriptures. He was a brilliant young man. He was the outstanding mathematics graduate of his time in the University of Cambridge. And he became a missionary and died as a young man. But Charles Simeon, who befriended him, once commented that what struck him about Henry Martin was not just how tall he had grown spiritually, but how the fruit of the Spirit in his life seemed to be perfectly proportionate. I think that's a beautiful description of a Christian, don't you? Someone in whom all the graces of God, the fruit of the Spirit, are growing in a wonderfully balanced way, and at the end of the day, showing that all of these fruit grow on the same tree. The other comment that I often think of in connection with these words is something that my own minister as a student in Scotland, William Still, made. 
I remember he said that the growing Christian is someone who has learned to do the natural thing spiritually and the spiritual thing naturally. I think it's a very good way of thinking about the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? It isn't a matter of just trying to do the right thing, trying to be this or trying to be that. It's much more organic. It's the ninefold fruit of the Spirit, which the Spirit produces in us as we grow in our love for the Lord Jesus, as our hearts and minds and our wills submit to Scripture, as our affections are suffused with the teaching of Scripture and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Then there is a kind of spiritual spiritual natural way in which we grow to be more like him. And at the end of the day, that's what these fruit of the Spirit add up to, likeness to the Lord Jesus. So as we think about them this week, let's pray that the Lord will make us more like him. All right, let's go ahead and read. This is I'm going to start in verse 16 of Galatians 5, and I'll read through the end of the chapter. It's not terribly long. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Amen. All right, I hope that was a good introduction to what we're uh, chatting about tonight. Let's go ahead and pause and... Watch our video, and then we'll come back for our uh, discussions and, and confession review. All right, we finished our video. It's another good one. Let's, uh, let's go through our overview here and get into our questions and discussion. So number 36, the fruit of the Spirit introdu introduction. The chief goal of the Holy Spirit is to apply the gospel in a way that fulfills the will of God. Here we detail and describe the fruit of the Spirit so that, as Christians, we might know how to pursue it in our lives. Overview. Because of the human penchant for the extraordinary, the church has struggled with the proper use of the spiritual gifts. The fruit of the Spirit is much more important than the gifts. Although very gifted, one can be immature and cause great damage in the church. Paul teaches concerning the importance of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. However, he begins by discussing the fruit of the flesh. He says that we are to walk in the Spirit, starting in verse 16. There is no shortcut on the path to maturity. In verse 17, Paul contrasts flesh and spirit. The Greek, excuse me, the Greek words sarx and soma are terms denoting the English word body. However, 
Sarx is used often to denote the metaphysical body, the sinful flesh. This is the use of quote-unquote flesh in Galatians 5. In verses 19 through 21, Paul contrasts the fruit of the Spirit with the fruit of the flesh. One of the most frightening passages in the Bible is found in Galatians 5.21. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We must consider what practice means in this context. The fruit of the Spirit are in contrast to the fruit of the flesh. What do you want on your tombstone? Notice the difference between the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit are to be manifested by all Christians. Our understanding of these fruit is often lacking. For example, meekness is maligned as weakness, when in actuality, meekness is having the power but choosing to be gracious. Gentleness associated with meekness implies tenderness toward those who are weak and helpless. A gentle person can be strong against the strong, but careful with the broken ones. Joy is more than not being sad. It does not preclude experiencing sadness or pain, but is an overarching attitude of happiness at being chosen by God. Long-suffering relates to patience. These fruits imitate the character of God. God is the source of the fruit of the Christian life. Kindness can be difficult to explain, but we all know through experience when someone is nice rather than mean to you. Production of these fruits prevents us from grieving the Holy Spirit, whose goal is to sanctify us. So let's look at our questions and answers as a memory aid here. Does the fruit of the Spirit correspond to one's gifting in the Holy Spirit? No. The solution to immaturity is to cultivate the fruit of the Holy Spirit in one's life. So as we talked about um, you know, last time, people have different gifts. There's a great diversity of gifts. Um, but for the fruits, uh, we're all as Christians expected to bear all these fruits. What does the Greek word sarx mean? Flesh. This word is often used in reference to sinful flesh as a metaphysical reality. So he contrasted that with the uh, word soma, which is more specific as just body. What would be a proper synonym for the word meek? Gracious. Jesus was the perfect embodiment of this fruit. Why is it important to cultivate the fruit of the Holy Spirit? To avoid grieving the Spirit. We please or grieve the Holy Spirit by how we live. We must bear fruit in keeping with repentance. What does Scripture primarily mandate concerning the Holy Spirit? To walk in the Spirit. The demonstration of our walk in the Spirit is manifested by the fruit of the Spirit. What is long-suffering related to? Patience. The fruits of the Spirit imitate the character of God, and God is long-suffering in that he is slow to anger, patient and forbearing, giving his people time to repent. All right, let's look at our uh, kind of open discussion questions. Where in Scripture do we find the fruit of the Spirit enumerated? Galatians 5. <laughs> Galatians 5. Uh, 
think you've heard of it before, right? Um, okay, what is the fruit? Got all nine? All right, what are differences between the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit? Yeah, everyone should have well, the fruit, yeah. But you're right, not everyone has all gifts. Um, all right, it's great diversity in gifts, and none of us have all the gifts. What is the difference between the Greek word sarx and soma? Sarx, my understanding, means flesh, and soma means body. Yeah, but go Sarks a little... Sarx is fallen man. Yeah, go a little deeper than just flesh. What do you mean by flesh? That's like kind of the like, fallen man, like yeah. pre-salvation. It's not just our physical flesh, right? It's, yeah. Simple. Our condition. Yeah. <laughs> Where someone is body. The body, body, yeah. All right, in Galatians 5.21, what is the meaning of the word practice? Do you remember Galatians 5.21? Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. What does it mean, practice? Setting a pattern of your life. Make characteristics of your life. Right, right. So, as, as he mentioned, it doesn't mean that if you fall into one of those sins, you know, one time, then suddenly you have no hope of salvation. Practice isn't, like you said, ongoing. It's... It's part of your life. It's, uh, you know, we, we think of like doctors and they have a practice, right? Because it's what they do for a living. We associate their practice with, with them. So yeah, practice and immorality would mean your life is defined by that. And that's why he shows the question, what do you want on your tombstone? Yeah, what do you want on your tombstone? Exactly. Do you just want, <laughs> this guy was rich? Or do you want something a little more important like this guy was loving and kind and generous and gracious okay before we wrap it up let's uh let's look at a couple of paragraphs in our confession uh, you have yours you can look at it or you can just listen it's fine we're going to uh, read from chapter 16 of good works and we're just going to look at paragraph 2 and paragraph 5 so paragraph 2 these good works done in obedience to God's commandments are the fruits and evidences of a true and lively faith. And by them, believers manifest their thankfulness, strengthen their assurance, edify their brethren, adorn the profession of the gospel, stop the mouths of the adversaries, and glorify God, whose workmanship they are, created in Christ Jesus thereunto, that having their fruit unto holiness, they may have the end eternal life. So you can see right in there, it talks about the fruits or the evidences of a true living faith. All right, so paragraph five. We cannot by our best works <coughs> merit pardon of sin or eternal life at the hand of God by reason of the great disproportion that is between them and the glory to come and the infinite distance that is between us and God. 
whom by them we can neither profit nor satisfy for the debt of our former sins. But when we have done all we can, we have done but our duty, and are unprofitable servants. And because, as they are good and proceed from his spirit, and as they are wrought by us, they are defiled and mixed with so much weakness and imperfection that they cannot endure the severity of God's judgment. So I notice something interesting here. This is more of a negative passage, of course, but uh, look at um, your footnotes if you have it in your confession. I don't know if you see that, but one of the things mentioned here, a reference to here, is Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Well, what do we read in Galatians 5, 22 and 23? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Right. And so if you look at the reference there, so we just enumerated the fruit of the Spirit. In this paragraph, which seems to be more of a, a negative paragraph, but it's here, and because as they are good, they proceed from his spirit, and that's where this is referenced. So we see the fruits of the spirit there, or the fruit of the spirit there, proceeding from his spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit. Um, anyway, that so there's two references here in our, our confession that kind of directly go to and apply to uh, the fruit of the spirit. Uh, of course, that entire chapter of Good Works kind of touches on it a little bit. Those are the most, uh, I guess, obvious or direct. All right, so I hope it was a good session. Any uh, further questions or comments about what we learned tonight? Are we all going to leave um, hoping to be filled with the fruit of the Spirit? <laughs> we may bear great fruit regardless of what gifts of the Spirit we may have or have not. All right, well, thanks, uh, thanks for joining us. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father our God, we do indeed uh, thank you again that we can come together uh, as your people to study your word, study your truth, Lord. And uh, we thank you for um, the help of such materials uh, as this, uh, this study. We pray that uh, no error was taught. We pray that it is faithful to your word. Uh, Lord, we recognize that your word is the only uh, infallible uh, revelation we have, Lord, that there is nothing outside of it that we can call infallible. But Lord, we seek to understand it and we seek to be further illuminated by it through your spirit. And Lord, most of all, we we pray that indeed, as your people, we would bear uh, such fruit of the Spirit that it would be obvious uh, in us, obvious to all those around us, especially to a lost and dying world. We pray that it would be a witness to them that they would see that we often behave uh, unnaturally, that we show kindness and graciousness and, and love and patience and joy and so many other things uh, when it, it doesn't seem natural to do so. We pray that you would uh, give us that desire to continue to uh, grow uh, in our walk uh, with you, Lord, that um, we would walk with the Spirit as, as we are commanded to by the Scriptures, Lord, and that we would um, do so each and every day and continue to, to be sanctified uh, through and by your Word and your Spirit. And uh, Lord, we, we pray that we all travel home safely and that you uh, continue to watch over and protect us and 
again ask for forgiveness of our, our many sins and just a spirit of uh, seeking your righteousness, Lord. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.